Welcome to the Fourth Watch Podcast, a curated conversation with some of the most interesting voices in the media. I'm Steve Krakauer. Today I'm joined by longtime TV host Eric Bowling, now of Newsmax, Eric Bowling, The Balance. This is episode 45. From Fox News to CNN, from legacy to new media, from Trump to DeSantis, we begin with Tucker Carlson and Twitter. Thanks so much for doing this. Um, really appreciate it. Uh, I, I There's a lot to get to, I think, in, in the media and in the, in the world of politics, um, which obviously intersect in a lot of ways as well. But I want to start with uh, your former 8 p.m. competitor, uh, Tucker Carlson, who uh, I... I, I I'd like to go back and talk about his exit next, but let's talk about what it appears he's going to be doing next first, which is this whole Tucker on Twitter thing. I know Fox is doing sending season desist letters, so it's become this big thing. But conceptually, what do you make of of this move, of the idea that someone uh, of, of Tucker's status and level within the industry, and I know you've talked a lot about this story uh, because it obviously has a lot of crossover effect in, in the business, but also just in terms of like where our culture is, going at least as it seems so far, fully new media, fully digital in that sense. What, what do you make of that? What does it say about our industry? Well, first of all, I, I, I was shocked. We were all shocked when when Fox bounced Tucker. It's like it was literally a, a black swan event. I mean, there's there are a handful of these in, in a lifetime. And and honestly, in as far as media goes and political media goes, that is a definition of a black swan event. Something you never saw coming. Something that could never be predicted. Something you it may take quite a while to really understand what actually happened. Now we don't even know why they technically fired Tucker, got rid of, right. not fired, whatever. They they took Tucker off the air. So there's no way of knowing, you know, why that really happened. So that said, I, I think what's going on right now is is really fascinating. Like I came, I spent 12 years at Fox. Uh, yeah. Fox and I operated amic- amicably. You can look it up. It, it's their, their words. That was their statement when we left. But Fox was very clear that we were not going to be able to continue. So I'm sure it was the same situation with Tucker on, on a much grander scale. I mean, I was I was filling in for O'Reilly. I was hosting the Center Seat yeah. 5. I was filling in for O'Reilly. They had told me before I left, O'Reilly was going to start not doing any Fridays anymore. I'd done 250 shows or something. He was just going to, it was going to be the Friday factor. That was going to be mine. I was literally going to be the look like to be the heir apparent into the into the 8 p.m. slot Hello. and then then the world shifted and the world, you know my lost my son fox i got accused of something which they never ever didn't investigate never asked me my side of the story and they just we just went back and forth to the point where i i realized they were just going to keep me off air unless i settled and and we we separated Make a long story short, I think Tucker on a much bigger scale got the Fox treatment. No yeah. one saw it there either. So, I, and I think the, the cease and desist order that they sent Tucker after his first Twitter, uh, Tucker on Twitter, wasn't a lot to it. I think they've recently contacted his lawyers. I think Harmie Dillon has been contacted. She said he's not going to shut up. So it's escalating quite quite quickly. I, yeah. What, what's I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what I've learned in the in the past six or seven years since I left Fox, that there's a, a massive, um, a massive payday that's, that's, uh, that's going to land Tucker's way at some point, digital, 
digital media, digital properties pay a lot better. I think television is is a has a wider reach right now, has more influence. Like Tucker would say something, or I'll say something on TV, and it it, it has it seems to have more um, mass pickup than if someone is saying something on a podcast that they're making. 25, 50, $100 million to deliver a podcast, but, right. but, that, but that lies in. Yeah. So there's motivating factors for both. People have said, but why don't can you come do our podcast? And my wife's like, why don't you just do the podcast? It's a lot more money. And I just really want to remain on TV for now. So there's, there's two different worlds. Will they ever um, combine or completely bifurcate where one overtakes the other completely as of right now in TV, you get a lot more, um, you get more distance out of your words. Yeah. It gets wider uh, reach for whatever reason. And in, in, in the digital media, you, 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 it's much more lucrative. So I don't know. I think Tucker's going to make hundred, two hundred million $200 million doing whatever <laughs> he's going to And I know Tucker, and I'm sure he wishes he was still on TV. Like all the people who lead, like Glenn Beck is a friend of mine. Yeah. Like Glenn was a superstar. He was a, just a rock star. I mean, what's Glenn going to say? And then he had the issue with Roger that's kind of how the, the five, that's how the five was born. Was Glenn just said, I'm going to go make a lot of money in digital. He left and he started the digital platform. And as soon as he left, you know, his reach, his, um, I don't know. I don't even know how to, what, what, what I'm trying to say that the, the celebrity status of what he did and what he said diminished drastically. He made a lot of money, yeah. but that there's an ego gratification to, you know, being recognized on the street. Glenn Beck said this, or, you know, the late night comedians pick up something Glenn had said. So you, you, you forego that for the money aspect of it. And some right. people are, are jazzed by that. O'Reilly, I'll frankly tell you right now, he, he loves the money side of it. He does. <laughs> it's almost in effect O'Reilly because he's probably making as much, if not more money now. And that's, that's where he, that's where his motivation center is and right. Glenn is a little bit different. I know Tucker, I'm probably a lot like Tucker where eh, I just like the, like to have the voice. I like people to hear the voice. Yeah. I, I mean, I did not to psychoanalyze Tucker specifically, but it doesn't seem like, you know, getting recognized on the street would necessarily drive him or necessarily money would drive him. I, but certainly influence, you know, I, I think like does what you say in that that initial monologue, you know, every 8 p.m., uh, you know, every night for 15 minutes, does that get wide pickup? Does it get people thinking and talking? And can you duplicate that on, on digital? I don't know. And it actually kind of gets to this point, which I think people just, it's one of my pet peeves, just as someone who's covered the media world for so long, people have no idea how Nielsen ratings work. And and there's always these, these ridiculous apples and oranges comparisons between how many YouTube views or how many Twitter views a video gets versus what a nightly average rating is and not understanding that, you know, what Q means and what a Nielsen rating means. Long story short, which I can, I can do, I've written about it before. A lot more people are watching television than Nielsen ratings make it seem if you don't understand what Nielsen ratings are. And so I do that. I agree with you. I, I think there's a lot of power in the traditional medium. Maybe there's these lines that are intersecting and eventually it switches. But right now, there's still a lot of power. There are a lot of people there. Yeah, um, you're 100 million percent right. People understand that the Nielsen rating is, a, is an average of, of either households or viewership during that hour. Uh, and digital is a little bit more precise. Like you you. you Click on Tucker on Twitter, and it's it's a view, you know, and it may be a click and, and gone. Whereas Nielsen, you know, you'll they'll they'll 
you know, on a, a five second, a 10 second, a minute, a five minute, 15 minute. It, it, and it's just that I think it, it, right now television carries a lot more gravitas still. Yeah. Like, um, um, like Tucker had something like, I don't think, 115 million views on, on the first one. And it got a little bit of a pickup because it was the first one. The second right. one, 50-something million views or so. But but the Tucker said the exact same things he said in that second video. There's some provocative stuff in there, maybe alluding to Obama being gay, maybe alluding to some other thing. Had he said that on the television, on Fox, it would have, you know, obviously media would have picked it up. You know, all, <laughs> of, all the obvious places would have picked it up, the left media watchdogs, media matters, et cetera, would pick it and it would blow up and it become exponentially uh, delivered throughout the, the ethosphere, but, or the, the, the media world. So yeah, I, I talk, how will he, where will he go from here? I don't know. I mean, he looks, so, so the, the number is somewhere uh, I hear anywhere he's making 15 to 20 million a year. Yeah. So I say her 14 million from a fairly credible source. So let's just say it's 15, 16. So you're talking about third 20, 25 million dollars over the year and a half that he has left on his contract. Is he willing to forego that to say things on digital? I guess you do if someone's going to pay a hundred million to do it, but then you're going to get sued by Fox. How much of the, you know, how much of a headache is that going to be? So it's, I mean, I, I, I get it. I get it. He, he's not in a bad place, but he's been to MSNBC. He's been to CNN. He's been to Fox. Now you're kind of running out of television venues to go to. And, and certainly not going to happen before 2025. Don't get me wrong. I think Tucker's voice needs to be heard. So in the, in the interim, he's probably doing the right thing. You know, it's really fascinating, Steve. Yeah. Fox, uh, when Elon Musk bought Twitter, I, I did a montage of this on my show the other day. I had Fox hosts just praising Elon Musk for the defender of free speech. No one's going to keep Twitter down. It's just a free speech platform. It's just a place. It's a billboard. It's it's not a, you know, it, and Musk is going to come in here and clean it up and make it fair and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And Tucker shows up. It's like, wait a minute. That's not a free speech platform. That's a competitor to Fox News. Well, it wasn't a competitor to Fox News when Musk bought it. And it was the greatest thing since the greatest idea since, it, 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 you know, the the the, the, the snow shovel, but now all of a sudden Tucker's there, and it becomes a different entity. Right. becomes media competitor Fox, and that's just kind of sleazy on their part, I think. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it, maybe it's a legal argument rather than a than an actual you know content argument, but but no, it does seem like it's a different platform, and maybe this is what happens over these next over the next year, and then he eventually goes somewhere else. I, who knows? But um, but it's gonna, definitely going to be one to watch. Eric left Fox News in 2017. What does he think of the network now? One of the things you've talked about on your show as this is the story has gone on for, say, six weeks, is that there's a bit of a fracturing, I will say. We don't, like you said, we don't know what happened, why Tucker's off the air. There's 25 different theories about it, and maybe it's some combination of a, a dozen of them. But there does seem that if you look at um People that are pushing outside of the boundaries, what I would call the consensus, even you know, consensus on the right, consensus on on um, you know, just sort of the establishment, that Tucker was front and center at at people that do that. And there's not a lot of those people at Fox, which is, you know, people like to think of Fox is definitely serving a different audience, but it's also based in in, you know, largely in New York. It's run by by a very large corporation. So there's a there's a, an establishment element to it also. So I guess. As you look at Fox now, but also element. kind of, yeah. Element. 
was that was an element. They started to move to these toward the establishment year, you know, maybe a decade ago. Yeah. And I just think they, you know, the when Donald Trump came in, it just rattled so many cages at, at Fox. It rattled the Murdoch's cages from the top all the way down. Uh, they didn't like him. They never yeah. liked Donald Trump. And 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 they they're you know, and Trump loses, and I'm guessing they vowed never to have another Donald Trump again. You know, the Paul Ryan putting Paul Ryan on the board recently. I've I've never since Tucker's. I recently I've never seen more Carl Rove in my entire life on Fox. I've seen more <laughs> Carl Rove in a week than I saw for you know the four years under Trump, and it was fantastic. I don't know why I have to be exposed to Carl Rove, but I, I think Fox has now decided that yes, for a long time they were the 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 right of center voice. When Roger was around, they were the conservative voice. Then they he passed, then they became the right of center voice. I think right now they they want to be right and left of center. They just want to be, you know, the, the wider cast the wider net for the for the bigger audience. And I, I I'm guessing I've known those people all of them, every single person that's running that place right now, Suzanne Scott, Jay Wallace, uh Ron Mitchell, I know all of those people yeah. meet Cooper, um, Lauren Patterson, they they um they're they're probably in willing to play. My guess is that they're gonna they've decided to play the long game. So yes, they're gonna ask Tucker. They're gonna move to to center, center right, center left, more be, be more centrist. Kind of uh, probably becoming what CNN thought they were always going to be, but never could find it. Um, and, and and get really really hurt in the interim doing it. Like they are going to they've down they're down a million viewers in, in prime time. They're down. You know, seven eight hundred thousand viewers for, for for the full day parts, and it's 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 a price they're willing to pay right now because I'm guessing they're going to come back with a with a more centrist uh, centrist lineup going forward. Roger Ailes always said, "We need to protect the news, Fox News. We need to protect that word, Fox, the news part, not the Fox part, the news, because right. that news credibility allowed them and Roger to put whatever he wanted on primetime. Bill O'Reilly, Sean Hannity." Uh, Laura Ingram, whom, whomever they wanted to put it in Tucker Carlson in primetime and, and say the things that people wanted to hear around the coffee table. And they would absolutely tune in because of that primetime audience. Now, they wouldn't do well advertising in primetime because it was right. confidential stuff, but they didn't care because that Fox News portion kept them in the cred world to be able to do that. And people signed up for Fox and they got cable subscription because of Fox primetime. Yeah. Demand yeah. high carriage rates, you know, all that. Couldn't yeah. do the carriage rates. It couldn't right, insanely high carriage rates. They couldn't yeah. do that unless they protected that news aspect of Fox news. Roger was always smart about that. Really, really smart about that. So I think they're probably moving towards, um, like I said, both sides of center, uh, you know, news organization. I mean, you, you, you're saying, <laughs> You, you, you see, I, I, I think they're really like Sean Hannity doing Gavin Newsom, right? Sean's a good friend of mine. Sean's a great friend. I text him like, wow, this is fantastic. That's interesting. Yeah. It was interesting because I don't think that would have happened in the past. I don't think that would have happened two years ago, four years ago. It certainly wouldn't happen when Roger was around. Yeah, it, it, it's, but here's what it does. It gives Fox News the news cred. It gives the board some sort of feeling like, oh, look, we're we're fair and balanced, like our right. logo used to say. And, and it gives advertisers, maybe maybe the board goes to the advertiser, hey, look, we, it's, it's, Fox Primetime is not just about hard right conservative voice. We're about everything here on both sides, which is fine for them. They may get some advertisers back, but I tell you what, the people that have come over to, to, to Newsmax since they bounced Tucker, 
They don't want they don't want balance. They want they want their daily dose of why we need to stop the Biden administration, why we need to stop the left from ruining the country. And they're right. And I'm and I'm more than happy to to do that because that's really where I am. Yeah. Ideologically. And finally I'm able to do it without having to look over my shoulder saying, well, what What's the other side saying? Or what, what I need to show you the other side too. I don't, I don't need to. I call the show the balance, Steve, because the media is so wildly, wildly weighted leftist. Now you even put Fox, move Fox towards the, you know, the left side of, 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 a, of a balance. Yeah. You're moving that. So now what's over here? Well, right. at eight o'clock, you're looking at it. You've got News Nation, which is, I don't know what they are. They're somewhere between. CNN and Fox, I'd say they're closer to CNN. Yeah. You got CNN, MSNBC left, and now Fox was at, at best center, at best center. So mm. there's only one conservative voice at eight o'clock at least. That's right. Uh, you, they don't want balance. They want the balance. There you go. That's the, um, uh, well, Eric, let me, so I, I want to ask you about the ideology aspect of this also, but um, you, you also seem like something has changed just, I would say, you mentioned that your exit from Fox was amicable. Obviously, you know, nothing is full. That's the Okay. All right. But, but there, there was not the Tucker exit firing, whatever sidelining has opened the floodgates in some ways for people like you to really, I think, go after them in a way that they never had before. You weren't doing a lot of like incoming at Fox. I mean, a, a lot, you know, in, in that way. And, it, and it's across the board. I mean, there's multiple. Is it just the acknowledgement that if if it's if Tucker's out, what are the implications to that? Or did something else change in the dynamic, especially kind of in the media world after that? I think I think it's what exactly what I said. It's a realization that if you can fire no, sorry. If you can sideline or silence, I, I would say they're just silencing Tucker. They didn't fire him because they're yeah. still paying him. Um, if you can silence the, the, the most the most popular, but also probably the most conservative. Liber- I'm a libertarian too, which is really odd because I, I just, in, you know, Tucker's libertarian. Um, if you can silence the the most conservatarian voice over there, it means you're moving the program. You're moving. The vision, you know, Fox is a ship. It's got a, it's, it's got a, a direction it's headed. And, and for a long time, it was, it was always staying on on the right side of the political aisle, even far right side. And they kind of moved in right now. I, I think they're 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 aiming for polar north, like which is halfway between conservative and liberal. I, I, I just believe that. Otherwise, you would still see Tucker. I, if I'm Sean Hannity, I, I probably make the best of my time because you know, yeah. you know what what's next. Um, <laughs> And I think you'll quietly see, and this is the way it happens, you'll quietly see hosts all of a sudden becoming a little less, you know, right wing. Maybe uh, maybe the climate change is a thing. Or, you know, <laughs> not so not so worried about, you know, pride parades. And th- you'll see it's a quiet and, and under Roger, it was always like you didn't ha- they didn't have to tell you. You just it, it, um, you felt it. You, you right. knew where what the direction was and the direction that would get you bigger gigs, get you fill in hosting gigs, maybe even get you your own show and things like that. But I think so you're, you'll see them, the hosts without probably anyone texting anything anymore because they're probably freaked out about putting anything on. <laughs> yeah. It seems start, start softening the right wing, uh, talking points a little bit, become a little bit less hard, right? Maybe even a little centrist. Well, and you think because of the incentives, you think because of the incentives that have now been drilled in are saying, now we're right. looking for okay. this. It's, 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 all you need to do is fire your top host who happens to be a, 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 a 
hardcore conservative. You fire the hardcore conservative. You, you don't have to be a rocket science to realize that there's a new direction coming from top down. And it didn't come from Suzanne Scott, right? It, the president. Right. It came from a Murdoch and likely the Murdoch, you know? So yeah, yeah. That, that is, you know, not, not, not so um, hidden um, memo to, to the staff, to the, to the, to the voices. Eh, you may not want to be, you know, you know, Tucker was accused of you know, replacement theory and right, right. on on the border. Maybe you just soften the border tone. I just just why? I mean, it won't happen overnight. He just walked. Kilmeade's already on his well on his way there, uh, softening his his positions. <laughs> Ducey, Ducey, all of a sudden feels. I, I sometimes I watch Fox and Friends. I watch him in the morning. Sometimes I think I'm watching CNN with with Ducey. Sometimes God love him. I know him a long time. Poor Ainsley is in the middle, like trying to like. You know, tennis ball going back and forth. I think you'll see. I think you'll see. And then maybe you do. It should be very interesting what they do when they finally name the eight o'clock host. Let's see right. how who that's going to be. You know, what direction? How, yeah. How well, the the big elephant in the room here, and I think it it obviously relates to Fox, but it, but it's also just on a bigger scale is is Trump, right? I mean, I, I think that. Um, what's interesting, you know, as I was going back and preparing for this and looking at some of your coverage, um, cause I do think that there, there feels like we're on a bit of a parallel path to, um, 2015, 2016, all over again, in a lot of ways where it was the right, uh, and again, I, I say this as a, as an registered independent, sort of a neutral observer here, people didn't really believe, you know, Trump was a, as conservative as they would like and B he was definitely going to lose the general. So let's try to inch him away from it. And, and the base ruined those plans in the primary process. He became the nominee. A lot of people got in line after that. I mean, I remember watching this very closely with um, my former boss, Glenn Beck over at the blaze, you know, went all in on Ted Cruz, other people I know really well. Uh, Eric Erickson was like a leader of the never Trump movement. Um, ben Shapiro was big on that. I mean, it, there were principled stands and then eventually, obviously things changed because he, he did win, but you were early on, I would say on Fox in, especially in, in 2016, pushing back on people, uh, on the air, people like Dana Perino. I, I, I was looking at some of those exchanges, um, related to, to Trump. And I think not necessarily that you wanted Trump, but you, could could see it and could see it happening and people everyone who was saying he's going to lose you're like no not so fast and obviously you were right um so what do you make of of that moment does it feel like that is potentially happening again here as we see a lot of people get in line behind the DeSantis of the world or others no I, it, that was a unique unique time in 2015 and 2016 you know, I'd known Trump a very long time at the time, and I was I would fill in on Fox and Friends a lot, and Trump would call in on Mondays and do the phone and whatnot every Monday. I would usually do most of that interview because there's a lot of business, there's a lot yeah. of economy business. That's where I came from. I, I will. T you're right. I, I was probably the first and most steadfast Trump supporter in, at the time. Sean, my dear friend, who I loved dearly, was also part of the Ted Cruz early on. Ted Cruz, Sean, for his. Uh, he came over fairly quickly when he saw, you know, what Trump was saying. It really kind of made a lot of sense. But Dana Perino and Greg Gutfeld and I, the, the two of them against me, they he, they they despised Trump. I, I, Gutfeld had some such nasty things to say about Trump. And they couldn't handle the fact that I was so confident that Trump was going to lock down not only the nomination, but the but but the general election, the, the presidency. They just didn't see it. They didn't believe it. They, they accused me of like 
I think one time Gutfeld accused me of wanting to be on a Celebrity Apprentice or something. That's why I was doing it. I'm like, Greg, I'm hosting a the top rated one of the top rated shows in Fox News. You think I'm going to give this gig up for you know a couple of hours on on Celebrity Apprentice? Which, by the way, I could have done anyway because Trump was a sure. friend anyway. Yeah, so yeah. A, a lot of the CNBC people pass through uh, Celebrity Apprentice as well. So, hundred million percent. Yeah. Now, never, Roger said, if you, you, "I would love you to do it, but you can't do it while you're on the Fox." So whatever. So, right. make a long story short, people came around to Trump when they when he won, um, and some took him a, a, a lot longer. I don't think this is the same thing though. It's just because now he's a known entity. At the time, they're like, "Wait, what, what's this?" And this is so awkward and new. And this guy's a, a you know says wacky stuff, and he's a business guy and country's going to be at risk. And I think this is more, again, I will tell you, I think this is the Murdochs who never liked Trump and they've made it pretty clear. They like DeSantis and it yeah. seems like a lot of their programming is leans toward having, you know, a, 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 a desire to see a, a, a president DeSantis versus a, a president Trump going forward. And I think a lot of the hosts just pick up the nonverbal cues and, and kind of run with it. Coming up, we turn to the state of the GOP primary and how the Trump versus DeSantis battle lines are being drawn in the press. That's next. But first, the latest edition of How Did This Get Published on a bizarre fawning profile of Secretary Pete in Wired magazine. There continues to be strange fallout over at The New York Times over the recent Elizabeth Holmes profile. Vanity Fair is reporting there's internal drama over the perception of the piece as too cozy to its subject. Holmes is going to jail. And the piece was quite transparent about the author Amy Chozik's internal wrangling over whether she was being played by Holmes in the way Holmes investors and others were. By telling the story that way, it offered brilliant insight into what it's like to be in the world of Elizabeth Holmes and didn't sacrifice journalistic credibility to do so. Contrast that, for example, with a recent profile of Secretary Pete Buttigieg in Wired magazine by Virginia Heffernan, which didn't seem to garner any outrage by the media Twitterati. Infrastructure occupies just a sliver of his voluminous mind, it teases in the subhead. Here's just a part of the big windup before we even get to an answer from Pete. As Secretary Buttigieg and I talked in his under-furnished corner office one afternoon in early spring, I slowly became aware that his cabinet job requires only a modest portion of his cognitive powers. Fortunately, he was willing to devote yet another apps in his cathedral mind, to making his ideas about three mighty themes, neoliberalism, masculinity, and Christianity, intelligible to me. His cathedral mind. The actual interview itself is a joke. At one point, Heffernan notes that running the Department of Transportation suits you, but asks, are there ways the challenges of transportation speak to your spiritual side? You're not going to believe it, but yes, indeed it does. There's just a lot in the scriptural tradition around journeys, around roads, right? The conversion of St. Paul happens on the road, says Pete to a rapt interviewer, to be sure. It's pointless to point out how a GOP politician would never get this treatment, but this embarrassingly fawning profile is one of the most glaringly hypocritical in recent memory. A few days ago, it was announced the editor of Wired would be leaving. It makes sense because my first question to him, if I had a chance to talk with him, would be, how did this get published? More with Eric Bowling coming up, but I want to tell you that the full Fourth Watch podcast is available exclusively to paid subscribers on Substack. You can get a whole bunch of extra content, original deep dive columns called Rabbit Hole to the full podcast each episode. Check it out for just five bucks a month or $50 for a year at fourthwatch.media. And now back to Eric Bowling. 
you look across the board, I mean, this is in a lot of ways happening again in the sense that Daily Wire is pretty much all all in on DeSantis as well. And and the the one difference I will also grant is that I know you're in Florida. I mean, you're, I know you like DeSantis as a governor and as a potential candidate. Perhaps if Donald Trump decided to do something else, you know, everyone who is a big Trump supporter would support DeSantis. But he's not. That's obviously not happening. No matter how many indictments are going to come down, it's going to be Trump's in uh, in it to win. And so, so do you think? I mean, how do you see this playing out, especially in the conservative media space? And even I, you know, I've been talking to this with people. It's a big uh, hot topic, obviously, but especially in the digital media space where there is a lot of momentum behind DeSantis from the conservative media space that is a growing area. I have this uh, dream. I'll call it a dream. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and like, man, you guys really did a great job. You really pulled the wool over all of our eyes. And I'm glad you did it. That Trump ends up being the nominee and he picks DeSantis as his vice president. I mean, I just, I think that, that would be makes for so many reasons that would make sense. I mean, Trump gets his four years. DeSantis will be behind him. We'll, we'll waltz into the White House for eight more years. There will be no one that can that that can fight that. No one have a problem with it. It's the most um, important VP pick in a very long time because of that. Right, four years and you're out. Yep, you're in. Better uh, suited for Trump to pick as a vice president. Understand? Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. It's it. it and you know you want. That worry about it, she, it should be a female or it should be a, a minority. And that's that's woke right there. You can't complain about the woke world and then decide you make one of the most important political decisions, you know, in decades based on a woke co- concept of it has to be someone with that checks a box rather than is the most capable. There would be no, there would not be a more capable and um, effective administration, I think, on the right than than a Trump DeSantis. And, and it would last for a really long time. I, I hope they I hope this is all a big ruse and that they're actually going to pull that off at some point and surprise us all. But I uh, from what I hear, it, there's not a lot of love between the camps as of right now. But obviously, look, there wasn't a lot of love between the Biden and the Kamala Harris camp. So, you know, politics can can trump all in, in a lot of ways as well. But um I guess, you know, as you look at the landscape, you know, and as someone who's been in and around the media a long time, do you see Trump gets the if Trump does, in fact, get the nomination, the conservative media gets behind him, the ones that are not behind him now? Um, you mean Trump and he picks a VP? Do they get behind him? Um, the, the establishment wing won't. The establishment wing may even hope he loses uh, a general election to Biden or whomever ends up being the the, the Democrat. If Biden's still alive, it'll be him. If it's you know whomever, um, do they get behind him? No, I, I think I think that that whole establishment, I call him Rhino Wing, the the Bush, uh, Romney, Rove, they'll never get behind him. Doesn't matter if he's president. They'll yeah. they'll, they'll they'll just wait and wait and wait until he's you know, does something wrong and they'll say, I told you, told you, right. but they were going to do that in 16 thinking he was going to lose. They were just dying to, to, to rip my throat out going your fault. You pushed him. And look, now he lost to Hillary. Now we got four years of Hillary. Well, okay. Well, we'll see. I, you know, listen, I, I'll be honest with you. I, there's no one who's more all in for Trump in 2016 than I was nobody yeah. right now. I, I think Trump's fantastic, but I also think Ron DeSantis is fantastic. And there's no, I don't think the, the Republican party, the GOP can, can do wrong if it's one of those two. And it's going to be one of those two. Either one, whoever it is, I think it's is is 
is really, really good for, for the party going forward. And we'll, we'll be the Democrat. Now, if they decide to go with something else, Pence, Christie, then you're, you're done. You're lost. I don't think it will be. But right, right. Uh, I, I don't think even if Ron DeSantis somehow closes the gap and things happen and these these lawsuits matter, these indictments and the arraignments matter, I don't think they do. But if they did and it's DeSantis, I think off to the races for the Republicans anyway. It's just and then and he 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 needs sorry about that. He needs to pick someone that's going to be a good running mate. Now, it, it'll be more important for him, too, than, than Trump, because everyone knows that whoever Trump whoever Trump has around him are, are pretty much figureheads anyway. They're not really doing it. Trump does calls all the shots. Right, right. Uh, all right, last thing on this. Anyone that you see just out there in in kind of the the, the media commentary space in the, the, that it's that are, it's an important player in what might happen in the next 18 months of politics. Is there anyone that you talk to on a regular basis or? Yeah. Well, talk, look, there was rumors years ago. Tucker wants to run for president. Well, now he doesn't have a job. So I don't know. Maybe he does put his throw his hat in the ring and become, you know, a, a political. He could be a massive, massive political operative if he wanted to. I mean, if it's not about the money or not about the fame, Maybe that's where it is. Maybe it's the power that he's going for now. I, I do have a theory that, you know, if if there's anyone who's going to stop the Trump momentum, if if he was interested in doing that, it would be it would be Tucker. You know, if if he wanted to do that and go after him in a vicious way that Tucker can, he could do it. But I don't know if he has an interest in doing that either. Um, so I guess we'll 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 keep an eye on that. Uh before I get to kind of the end, uh, I want to just ask you one quick question about CNN. Just as a media observer, uh Chris Licht is out after that 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 Atlantic profile. I have to say, you know, I I really like the mission that Chris Licht laid out, even in that Atlantic profile. But clearly, internally, a lot of people hated it. Uh, people out externally, Jeff Zucker, who I know you worked with back in the day, is pro- probably working to you know destroy any chance that Chris Licht had there. What do you make of what happened there, and is it recoverable? Is can CNN be a a player in the space with the current staff that's there? Yeah, of course they they can, but but again, like Fox, they have to they have to figure out what they want to be. Does CNN want to be CNN, or do they want to be Fox? By you know, again, people <laughs> after the after CNN, Chris Lake decided to I'm positive. Chris Lake decided to put Trump on for that town hall. Ratings took a dive. Anderson Cooper the next night said, "I wouldn't blame you if you never watch this network again." And guess what? A lot of people didn't. We beat CNN. Not Newsmax beat CNN in my hour for the first time ever. I think four or five out of seven days. So it was the first it, not only once, but we did it for for like an insane amount of time. They they had to rock their world. Point is CNN was trying to be more like Fox. Fox is trying to be more like CNN with what they're doing. The the way these media companies regain their their massive high status above everyone else. It was, still could be Fox, CNN, and MSNBC, and then Newsmax instead of this, if they wanted to. But they need to get a pick a lane, get a personality, yeah. f- figure out the, what they want to be, and then go for it. They have all the assets in the world. I mean, let's be honest. I can compete with Fox or I can compete with CNN, but the the, the, the amount of money and assets and reporters and, and bureaus and, you know, infrastructure that they have it's almost impossible if they if they don't want to be cogent and smart and uh poignant in, in what their what their mission is and what their voice is right now neither one of them cnn nor fox i can't i can't figure out what they want to be 
I'm glad because in the meantime, I'm enjoying the, the bigger audience. But if they ever figured it out, it would, we, you know, it would, it would be tough. I, I'm not foolish enough to think that people will stay here forever if if they have a, a, a conservative voice that was was what they wanted here. Right now, I don't think they have that, though. I don't think Fox knows what they want to be. I don't think CNN knows what they want to be. MS does, and they're, they might take them both over. Yeah, they're, they're extremely well now. It does seem that, you know, within Newsmax, uh, from watching from afar, you are empowered to say what you want. You know, there's not that, that you know, potentially like oversight that's that's blocking things in certain directions. Sometimes success does change those things, though, too. I'll tell you, I am. Um, if, it, if, if all of a sudden we have a lot of advertisers and a lot of, you know, carriage deals that are coming up and they start telling me you can't say that, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Because money talks, I hope it wouldn't be the case. But you know, again, I've only been here a little over two years, and um, so far, so good, so to speak. Awesome. Uh, all right, last thing before we get to the lightning round, I, I just want to ask you. You mentioned this at the beginning, but um, I know 2017. Obviously, you know, it, it's it's fair to say your life changed. Um, you know, personally and professionally. Um, do you see that now? You know, now with with closing in on five or six years since then. Um, has it been kind of this before and after moment um, in how you live your life on a day-to-day -day basis? No, um, Steve, you're being very nice and kind. Uh, the The day that I signed a deal to leave uh, Fox amicably, my son passed away uh, a couple of hours later. And so, uh, yeah, it was, it was a profound moment. Um, and that was uh, September 8th of 2017. And every day is a struggle for my wife and I. So no, nothing's changed with, with regards to that every day, there's reminders, there's triggers, and you just try and, you know, keep, keep picking yourself up, uh, getting up, dusted off and, and keep going forward media wise. Yeah. Because so when I left Fox, I mean, there's a, a bunch of people left, left wingers who said, Oh, we got fired for sending lewd picture, which is insane and wrong. I wasn't fired. I never did any of that. No one ever called me, asked me about it, but whatever, because that happened the same day my son passed away. I couldn't even defend myself. I would, right. You lose a child. It's my only son, my only child. You lose a child. Your world is, is you're barely able to, I barely able to breathe or eat. I was lucky to survive that. Um, could, certainly couldn't defend myself um, in the media. So it took a long time for people to, to, to like, okay, so maybe there isn't a pattern here. Maybe he isn't a, a creep. Maybe none of that stuff was, was true as portrayed by mostly the leftist media. If they just read Fox's statement, they would go away, but they don't. But so they want to have a narrative that they went with. Make a long story short, um, six years, coming up on six years later. Yeah, no, no nothing's really nothing's really changed. Maybe, maybe people start writing about me uh with my name and not uh referencing you know some false accusation. Maybe. Yeah. What else? Well, I'm glad to see your success really, um on, on a lot of fronts. More with Eric, including the Fourth Watch Lightning Round on his prediction for what will happen in the media over the next year, available for paid subscribers of Fourth Watch on Substack. Go to fourthwatch.media to try it out. Thanks so much to Eric. That was a lot of fun. Uh, remember, Fourth Watch, not just a podcast, also a newsletter. Subscribe for free now at fourthwatch.media. Join me. Let's build a better media together. If you like the music in this show, as I do, check out the artist who created it, Super Duper. That's Super Duper Music on Instagram. The song is Far From Falling. Download it wherever you get your music. And download and follow, subscribe, like, rate, review this podcast, the Fourth Watch Podcast, on Apple, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast for free. Back soon. Stay safe. Talk to you then.
How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.